This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. I... <laughs> I was just doing a live stream because I do my free live stream uh, on Mondays right before the show. And I got so into it, I forgot my clock. And I almost didn't didn't convert over and connect to the radio station. So, whoo, that was close, huh? I, I think I connected like 15 seconds ago. All right, so I want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Well... Got some updates on coronavirus, some good, some bad, you know, typical, typical stuff. And we also have some election updates that we'll get to a little bit later on in the program as well. So there's a lot of things that we, we have to deal with. I will get into what has been happening with Sidney Powell because a lot of people are, I think, misreading that as she's been fired by the Trump team and that sort of, I, that's not the case. That's not what's going on. So Again, we will we'll, we'll get to that, okay? Just be patient. There's a lot to get to. So I want to go ahead and look at the the uh, FDA. I want to look at COVID. Uh, we'll also get to Kyle Rittenhouse a little bit later, later on today as well. So for those of you who follow the Rittenhouse case, which I think everybody, frankly, needs to follow because that is a, a testament case on on the, uh, the situation with self-defense in this country and, and everything else. So, all right, we got a lot to cover here uh, when it comes to the virus. So let's, let's just start here. Uh, the FDA has given emergency approval for the COVID-19 antibody treatment. Now, this is that serum, the antibody serum that is being used. It was the one that was used for the president, and, and they have given that, that treatment. So... This is a positive step. I, I actually got a, a notification from a relative over the weekend. One of their friends is in the hospital with COVID. And um, they're a medical, I guess, like, a, like an at-home nurse or something, like a medical practitioner at home. And one of their patients had to go to the hospital, not for COVID, but for something else. And they got COVID while at the hospital in the emergency room. So that's, that's a bit of an issue. Um, but they're not doing great, and they started getting this serum. So I think what ended up happening is late last week, the FDA gave the emergency approval for it, and now that serum, which a lot of people have been donating who have had COVID, they've been donating uh, their plasma and everything else so they can start replicating this stuff. Uh, this is a, a relatively good treatment, and it's a stable treatment that doesn't have a lot of side effects, and, and people have had some success with it, so that's good. And obviously, we talked about the ivermectin, the deworming agent, and some of the other stuff that is happening uh, in in the uh, the treatment realm. Now, why is that important? Well, it's important one that we identify multiple ways to treat the virus. That way, we're not reliant upon one. The reason that hospitalizations in the United States have increased is because the only treatment you can get for COVID right now requires that you be hospitalized. That's remdesivir. They have not approved remdesivir or a variant of it for outpatient. So we have seen a lot of people who go to the hospital. They're being admitted to the hospital so they can get remdesivir because they can't get remdesivir unless they're in the hospital. They have to be in the hospital to get it. They have to be monitored while they're on it. 
the the ICU bed situation is obviously a little different, and this is different in certain communities. Locally, like I said, hospitals are getting hammered. There's no doubt about that. They're getting hammered in places like El Paso. Of course, El Paso, everybody's talking about El Paso again. I have to remind you, El Paso, while bad, and I'm not minimizing what is happening in El Paso, but El Paso is way worse because they have been bringing in Mexican nationals from across the border in Juarez and treating them in El Paso hospitals. So the the COVID count in El Paso is inflated because a lot of the people that have COVID there are not American citizens and they're not they, they weren't even in the United States. They were picked up at the border. They're called. They go out there. Ambulances pick up uh, Mexican illegal immigrants who come across from Juarez. They take them to the hospital. They are treated. Uh, we did a story about this in late October. There's a whistleblower who came out and told everybody about it. They've since admitted that they're doing this. Uh, and this causes a whole bunch of problems. You know, this um, not only does it raise the statistics in, in El Paso, which already aren't good, but it raises those statistics, but it also takes those ambulances out of service. When an ambulance goes and picks up somebody who's COVID pos- uh, positive, what they have to do is take that ambulance out of service until it's been sanitized. So that's an ambulance that can't go out and respond to an emergency call for a citizen of El Paso, an American citizen. So this has become a real big issue there. Now, a lot of people don't know that, and a lot of people who maybe did hear something about that a few weeks ago have forgotten all about it. And there, there are some inmates. There's between four and eight inmates in El Paso who are helping the, uh, the hospitals move, uh, move bodies and things like that into, uh, into the morgues and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, but again, there's, there's a dramatic elevation in actual cases there because of how many people are coming from across the border. And, you know, it doesn't, doesn't make the situation any better, but I think it provides a little perspective for those who may be thinking, and I saw a couple of people posting about this over the weekend, that this is purely a community spread situation in El Paso. It is not. Now, doesn't mean things are great in El Paso. They're not. The community spread in El Paso is still bad, but a lot of their numbers are from south of the border. So in places like Indiana, like here, for instance, we're also getting hit pretty hard, which is always expected to happen because of our location. So everything that was predicted, again, you have to go back to, you know, months and months and months ago. Everything that was predicted could happen with this virus has everything. You go back all the way March and April and May and June, what they were talking about with the summer and the reduction in cases over the summer and then the fall, it's going to hit us again. All of that has come true. All of it. There are no surprises there's, you know, anybody running around right now and telling you this is a surprise and nobody expected this is, is completely out of the loop and has been from the very beginning. All that is happening right now, you are told, was likely to happen a very long time ago. Maybe people forgot about it. Maybe people got a little too, a little too comfortable or optimistic. I don't know. Uh, which let's let's talk about this remdesivir thing now because again we're not talking about the icu beds i've gone over i've gone over how hospitals have reduced icu beds and then now they're they're scaling back up and that sort of thing now nationally there is not a shortage of icu beds nationally the icu bed numbers are good they're fine everything's okay in some spots in the united states that isn't the case in some spots there's a real problem 
the biggest problem right now with hospitals in the U.S. is staff. The staff who gets exposed have to be isolated and quarantined, and they can't work. And when they can't work, the other people in the hospital have to work double shifts and triple shifts and seven days a week, and they're getting worn out. It's becoming a real problem in some places, including here. Elkhart General, I think, is a great example of that. So there is very real issues, very real problems. Please understand that when I talk about COVID on a national scale, I am not talking about COVID directly in our community. So I'm trying to separate them out as much as possible, but sometimes I say something that I'm, I'm relaying a national statistic and somebody will send me an angry email and say what I said wasn't accurate because of what is happening in, in Elkhart General. Okay, Elkhart General is a small hospital in a relatively small location in the middle of the country and is largely statistically a non a non-factor in the national statistics that doesn't minimize what is happening in elkhart or st joseph county doesn't minimize what's happening at those facilities it's just that when i'm talking about a national thing you can't replace the national stuff with elkhart you can't do that so you have to talk about them separately things locally aren't great Things nationally are are not as good as they were, but they're not as bad as what's being portrayed, which we've been through before. Um, now, with remdesivir, one of the reasons, again, that we have so many hospitalizations is not because people need to be in the hospital, but because you have to be in the hospital to get remdesivir. You have to. And so you go into the hospital, you get the treatment, you're listed as a hospitalization, and then people go, oh, man, it's so bad that you have to be hospitalized. Not necessarily. Uh, it's just that's the treatment that is available. They think using this new, well, it's not new, it's been around forever. It's a deworming drug that we have talked about called ivermectin. This apparently is effective against COVID. A deworming medication apparently is working against COVID. Uh, now, I say all of this knowing full well there is another drug out there that is proven to be extremely effective and is even being used by other countries' hospital staffs to prevent their hospital staff from getting sick. And we in the United States, the stubborn people that we are, refuse to do it in spite of all of the evidence that it works and is effective and is keeping hospital staff healthy. That would be hydroxychloroquine. Okay, the latest information that we have on that is that the Bulgarian hospital system has been using the hydroxychloroquine uh, cocktail and it's the three the three things that you take with zinc and azermyotin or whatever it is with uh, hydroxychloroquine you take it um, as a prophylactic and it works um, right now everybody who has taken that cocktail on a volunteer basis in bulgaria who works in the hospital system has avoided getting getting uh, covid every single person the people who don't take it are the ones who are getting sick and they have not had the hospital staff shortage that we have had in the united states something to consider Will that change anybody's mind? No, absolutely not. We're too stubborn for that. We are too stubborn to acknowledge the actual scientific fact because we politicize everything and then everything becomes dogma and cult. And that's what we're dealing with. So the WHO has advised against remdesivir. Now, the WHO is the WHO. You know, I'm not a fan of the WHO, but remdesivir does one thing really well. Remdesivir reduces the amount of time that you suffer from symptoms of COVID. Remdesivir does not dramatically improve your survivability. 
This is what the research shows on it. It's what the research has shown on it for months. It's what the latest peer-reviewed study of it shows. We went over that. It showed in reducing deaths, it was about 10% effective, uh, between 10 and 12%. But in people who are not at risk of dying, it does reduce your symptoms of COVID. See, so you get out of the hospital a lot quicker than you normally would, and you go home and you feel better faster. It's kind of like Theraflu for COVID. All right, that's what remdesivir is. Hydroxychloroquine doesn't reduce the length of time that you suffer from your symptoms, but it improves your survivability. And it is over 76% effective at reducing death. So remdesivir helps with the systems, doesn't really help with death. Hydroxychloroquine doesn't really help with the systems uh, symptoms, but helps with death. So which one would you rather take? I'm just throwing it out there, okay? That's according to the medical research, peer-reviewed, medical research that is international. So the WHO uh, said that remdesivir, which was used to treat President Donald Trump, should not be used to treat some patients because it reportedly shows, quote, no evidence of effectiveness. Now that depends on what you're defining as effective. Remdesivir has always had between a 10 and 15%, depending on the research, uh, 10 and 15% uh, reduction in death rates, which is better than nothing. But remdesivir doesn't really save, save a whole lot of lives. But it does make you more comfortable and send you home quicker if you're dealing with a non-lethal uh, threat from the virus. You're sick, you're, you have symptoms, they're bad. This will, make, this will make your life a whole lot better. But it really isn't going to save you. Now, the plasma may save people. Plasma is, is decent. Uh, but there just isn't many outpatient sort of uh, options here. So the ivermectin deworming stuff that they can now do, outpatient, keeps people out of the hospital from remdesivir. Uh, plasma treatment is used in hospitals but may potentially be uh, an outpatient option. So they're, they're putting together some options to keep you out of the hospital, which should reduce the stress and the strain on the hospital system. But unfortunately, the most effective one that we know, we still got a bunch of politicians and for whatever reason, I, I think we're dealing with pride at this point. People who have been saying from the very beginning that it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, weren't using it right, hydroxychloroquine I'm talking about, now don't want to admit that they were wrong the entire time. And I think that's kind of what we're coming down to. And unfortunately, people are suffering as a result of it. There's more, too. Um, there's a new strain of COVID that has been discovered in Australia, which may be a problem. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the allegations that Pfizer... Uh, may have may have uh, re released the results of their vaccine in order to to damage the president, and we might have um, some other issues as well with uh, with some of these treatment methods. So we'll get into that in just a couple of minutes on 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in, Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to let you know that we are live streaming right now, right now on dlive.tv slash Casey the host. That is dlive.tv slash Casey the host. Go check us out. Make sure you follow me too. And again, uh, by the way, a lot of people have been watching some of the, uh, the videos I've been putting up on YouTube lately. Look, I'm taking small little snippets of what I do here and throwing them up on, on YouTube occasionally. So a lot of the folks who have who viewed those, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, but the main content is going to be here on DLive, guys. That's just where it is. So 
uh, bite the bullet. I know that you're moving around on social media networks. You don't quite know what to do, but you know, ultimately, here's the thing. Most of you are moving over to places like Parler and MeWe and things like that. And you're doing that because you're not going to be censored, right? That's why you're doing it. Well, YouTube censors the snot out of me. Facebook, same thing. Twitter, same thing. You all know this. I do not get bothered on DLive. I don't. So please follow me on DLive.tv slash Casey the host. It is totally free to follow me. If you want to subscribe, you can. Many people have, uh, but you don't have to. You have access to the content if you want to follow for free. All right, what do we have here? Still going over some of the the coronavirus stuff. Um, and there's been, again, some good news, some bad news. So let's let's talk a little bit about the bad news. A deadlier strain of coronavirus has been discovered in South Australia. Researchers struggle to understand what makes the infection of COVID-19 so mild in some cases and so deadly in others. Uh, and for the record, the one that the one that is causing there's one strain really that is causing all of the problems right now. That's where most of the hospitalizations and deaths are coming from is one strain. Okay, but this is different than that. So this is a brand new one. The chief health health officer. Uh, Professor Nicola Spurrier explained that the reason for the recently imposed six-day lockdown is the fact that this particular strain has had certain characteristics, she said. Okay. Um, So they got a new strain in Australia. Australia also shut down because somebody lied about COVID. So there was a worker who lied about having COVID and uh, so this uh, all ended up there's a, there's a lot of stuff and I get it. It, There's a ton of, of information out there. People are still walking around thinking that masks do what masks don't do. And, and it's just reinforced everywhere you go. I understand that. Um, it's hard to get accurate information. It's one of the reasons that I try to give you, you know, some of the stuff that you're getting everywhere, but also some of the stuff that you're not getting anywhere else. And and the reason for that is you need to be well-rounded in what you're getting and everything I'm presenting to you is stuff that, experts are saying or research that has been released none of it is opinion none of it is is uh, you know just what i think is happening or what some other blogger thinks is happening all of it comes from those medical sources that are the experts that are just being ignored by the press again when you have people running around saying listen to the experts listen to the experts you have to ask one question which experts because they don't agree there is a large wide gap in what the experts all over the world are saying about what we should be doing and what what is actually happening and for the record oxford has been the most correct the astrazeneca vaccine which was made in collaboration with oxford they've released their results for their trial and they remember their trial was paused for a while but they've released their results their vaccine is 70% effective. So we've got you know, Pfizer at 95, Moderna, who's led the way here at almost 95% effective. And then you've got the AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine at 70% effective. For the record, 70% is really good for a vaccine. Uh, it's just not as good as the other two. So it'll be an option for people, uh, probably in Europe. That's where it's based. And, and I'm sure that people will take it you know, because it's, it's better than nothing, uh, but it is not the most effective vaccine in the world. 
Scientists at St. Jude may have figured out how COVID-19 kills and more importantly, how to stop it. The virus has already claimed 250,000 lives in the U.S., allegedly, uh, more than a million worldwide. This week, St. Jude researchers announced that they think that they have discovered a treatment. Anyone with allergies, histamine intolerance, rheumatoid arthritis, or a compromised immune system knows what it's like to have problems with inflammation. This is Wave 3 News, by the way, an NBC affiliate. The swelling and pain make it difficult to breathe or to move. The same thing happens with COVID-19, which is actually why hydroxychloroquine works, by the way. Uh, the virus triggers severe inflammation that cripples the lungs and damages other organs. So the researchers at St. Jude, they have identified what drives that inflammation. And they've also identified medicines that treat that specific type of inflammation and other ailments specifically and directly. The team focused on cytokines, small proteins released in the body in response to inflammation. They concentrated on the most elevated in COVID-19 patients and found one duo that stood out. It turns out that the drugs to treat these cytokine reactions or cytokine storms already exist. Big news. Um, what is the... I'm looking at the... Uh, trying to find the specific uh, thing here. These drugs will be used in clinical trials in COVID-19 patients. If that goes well, the FDA approval is the next step. So it's going to take a while, but they have it and they have released all of their, their findings. And by the way, their findings were peer reviewed. So they're credible. So again, big news. It's going to take a while for that to happen, but it's at least big news. So if the vaccines don't end up working, guess what? We'll figure out how to do this and and hopefully it can it can be uh, expedited with Operation Warp Speed, which uh, if Biden gets in the White House, he will take credit for. We got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Okay, I just want to run this by you, all right? I, I just, I'm not saying that the Australian officials are lying. I just want to run this by you, and then we'll move on, okay? Just please, for the sake of argument, just accept this. South Australia. South Australia says that they went under lockdown recently. This is this last week. That they went under lockdown because the new strain of coronavirus that they have in South Australia is far more deadly than any other strain and yet three days ago south australia came out of the lockdown after realizing that somebody had lied to contact tracers so which one do you think is the truth we went under lockdown because it was a far deadlier strain of the virus, or we went out of lockdown because we found out that somebody lied about all of it. So South Australia, which is a state in Australia, South Australia revoked its lockdown, which banned people from even walking their dogs after it was revealed that just one person lied to contact tracers. The lockdown took effect and banned people from leaving their homes unless for emergency medical reasons or to buy food. There were people even on Twitter who had contacted law enforcement and asked if they could walk their dog, and they said, you're not allowed to leave your house. So your dog's got to go out on their own or poop inside, whatever. 
Police uh, even confirmed via Twitter that people walking their dogs outside would be in violation of the law. Uh, now, a day later, the lockdown is set to be revoked after authorities admitted that one person who sparked the decision had lied to contact tracers. South Australia Premier Stephen Marshall announced the explosive finding during a Friday press conference, saying that the individual in question purposely misled contact tracers. Although he told them that he had visited a pizza bar linked to a local outbreak only once, he in fact worked at the establishment and had spent several shifts there during the period in question. The government has now acknowledged that the man who was initially blamed for being a super spreader had in fact not been the source of what authorities claimed was a super infectious strain of the virus. So basically, we find out that there is this super deadly form of the virus in Australia, and then eventually we find out that it was because some idiot lied to officials and there isn't a super deadly form of the virus. Just throwing it out there, okay? The so-called experts, the so-called uh, government officials, and all of that stuff all over the all over the world are getting this wrong repeatedly. I get it; they're in a tough position. I'm not. Uh, I'm not applying blame to anybody locally or anything like that. I'm not making an inference here. Um, purely coincidental that the St. Joseph County mask fine thing was just playing in the news break just now. Purely, purely coincidental. Um, but it is, it is important to keep this in perspective. The experts don't agree. There is wide disagreement about all of this. Then you have the politicians screwing up. The tools that are designed to help everybody, right? Easily manipulated and deceived. So just keep that in perspective. So while they're running around telling you that there is a super strain in Australia, it's important to realize that that was a lie. And Australian officials luckily caught it and rescinded the lockdown. But, you know, again, these press conferences were happening right at the same time. So you've got Australian officials three days ago telling you this is the worst strain of the virus we've ever seen. And three days ago, you also have them saying, oh, somebody lied to us. There really isn't this super, the super strain. Now, in lighter news, I know I usually do the not so horrible news with Casey on Fridays, but I'm going to do it now. California Governor Gavin Newsom is, and his family are now in quarantine after exposure to the coronavirus. I do not wish ill on them. I, I hope that they don't have it. I hope if they get it, all of their symptoms are mild, but I have got to absolutely laugh at this. And I don't know that you have a sense of humor if you don't. This is a guy who told people that they couldn't have family gatherings for Thanksgiving. You couldn't travel. You couldn't visit other people. And then he had a nice private party for he and his closest friends. And then he got caught. And then people pointed out, wait a minute, why are you doing the things that you're telling all of us we can't do? And his response to that was essentially, I'm more important than you. I'm not making that up. Essentially is I'm a really important person and I have to do these things. And then he told us that the party was outdoors. Well, then we got photos which showed that the party wasn't outdoors and that people weren't wearing masks and people were not social distancing. Oh, and this party was attended by all of the top health officials in the state of California who are all telling you, you can't go visit your family for the holidays. And, and now, 
after that, after he gets caught with all of this, he says, well, fine, I'm just going to install a curfew then. And you can't go outside at night. You can't go to bars anymore. Okay. And now he and his family have to quarantine after being exposed to the virus. I'm sorry. That's, you know, it may be dark and some of you might think less of me for this. I hope none of them get serious symptoms and I certainly hope that none of them die. But you have to laugh at the irony. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. Uh, what do we have here? Oh, oh, see, okay. This is something that I routinely do on my live stream. I, I want people, if you're watching on dlive.tv slash Casey the host, first of all, I want you to, you know, I, I want you to hit the follow button. I mean, that's great. If you subscribe, that's also good. But, you know, follow me at least. And what I will also have people do is share the feed on their social media. So I tell them to go forth and spread it like COVID. And <laughs> which, you know, I think it's, I, it's I, that's pretty funny. There will be humorless people out there who will go, people are suffering, Casey, you can't do that. But, you know, you got to find joy in life. That's just how it is. So a uh, grocery chain has now apologized after releasing a super spreader ad for Thanksgiving. Man, you can't get... Okay, a few years ago, let me tell you this true story. A few years ago for my company, ASDefense.com. A few years ago, I did an ad campaign here on 95.3 MNC. Um, you know, is basically called Mary Stabbings. And so we, we did a whole Mary Stabbings ad campaign on MNC, hugely successful. Got a lot of business from that. And it had been running for weeks. And I kid you not, my boss, he calls me up and he says, you can't run that ad. You're, you're talking about stabbing responsibly. And I'm like, yeah, John, but it's, he's like, you're advocating violence. I said, yes, but responsible violence. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a great ad campaign. And uh, <laughs> I didn't even get to do my Santa um, you know, processing Rudolph ad I, I had another ad that i was going to do the next year i didn't get a chance to do but uh <laughs> so so anyway so he's telling me he's like you can't run these ads like you, you can't like well you know what do you want me to do and he, he asked it that if i would recut the ads and take them down well i told him that i would the problem is is that the ad campaign ended the next day so i just let it go <laughs> <laughs> it was he had but he had missed it for all of these weeks he had missed this glorious ad campaign about mary stabbings and stab responsibly and you know which is stabby pokey knife things and stab responsibly are common things for asd we, we talk about that a lot we have fun with it but um <laughs> it just reminded me uh, of that ad campaign with this article grocery chain apologizes after releasing super spread ad for thanksgiving a grocery store in the mid-Atlantic region is apologizing for an unfortunate blunder with a Thanksgiving ad printed in the latest edition of its magazine. Hosting, question mark, plan a super spread. Huh? A super spread of food. Right? This is great. That's a full-page ad seen in the December issue of Giant Foods magazine. Uh, Giant Food is, uh, you know, their grocery chain and, and all of that, but... Um, they used to be low-income stuff. I don't know if they still are. 
The text appears below a photo of several small eats and appetizers made for groups, including a fruit tart cheese board and a shrimp cocktail ring. And, <laughs> and I'm looking, this is, this is good marketing. Okay. I don't, I don't care who you are. This is good marketing where you've got these big party platters and a full page ad for giant foods, which is giantfood.com, by the way. Um, and I'll put this in the daily show prep so you can see it. I'll actually make this the thumbnail. Let me save that now. I'll make it the thumbnail for the daily show prep today. Um, <laughs> it's hosting plan a super spread. <laughs> I, I don't, you gotta have a sense of humor. You have to. I, the funniest joke that I have ever heard came from South Park. And it was the uh, the whole HIV, where, where Cartman pretended to have HIV. And look, you know, some people don't like South Park. I get it. Not everybody has a sense of humor. But this, the entire episode, Cartman would run around. People would go, are you sure, Cartman? And he would go, I'm not just sure. I'm HIV positive. And I would wet myself laughing. It was hysterical. And I did a bit about it on the radio one day. And somebody called who had a relative who has HIV. And comedians know what I'm talking about. You gotta laugh. You gotta have fun with all of the stuff around us, especially in the way that the media is, is covering everything these days. You've got to enjoy yourself. More coming up. <laughs> 